Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, I'm Miriam, and welcome to Apparently Speaking. My guest today is mother and author Christine Naiman. Christine wrote about Natalie, a gripping cautionary tale of how a child can suddenly end up on the wrong path, meet the wrong people, and get lost in the unthinkable. Her daughter Natalie was just 15 years old when she became addicted to heroin. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. And also Shell Bell Boutique, featuring today's fashions and accessories for women and girls. Visit ShellBell.com for more information. Christine Naiman is married to her husband, Peter, and mother to three fantastic kids, Jason, Natalie, and Trevor. She's the author of the Faces of Hope series of books that are now housed in the Memorial Museum in New York City. Her other works include Caterpillar Kisses, Christmas Lights, The Nivea, and The Believers. About Natalie is her heart poured onto paper. She's here with the hope that by sharing her story, she can bring understanding and knowledge to those who do not know these problems firsthand, as well as provide comfort to those who know the struggles of mental illness and addiction all too well. Welcome, Christine, and thank you so much for being here and being willing to share your story. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm very glad to be here. I know this is, um, you know, probably not an easy uh, story to share. I know you've written about it and you share it often and you do that to help others, I know. So um, thank you so much. So why don't you just maybe tell us about your family? Um, well, I have uh, a husband, Peter, and uh, like you mentioned, I've got three great kids. Um, they're pretty grown, 26, 24, and 20. Uh, I think we're, my husband's a physician. Uh, I'm a, you know, I dabble in writing, I'm mostly a stay-at-home housewife mom. Uh, I think we're typical. I think we're middle-class, typical. Um, I think we uh, probably are similar to a lot of people. Yeah, not what when we think of someone who's maybe, you know, struggling with drugs or you say, you know, addicted to heroin, sometimes um, we can get a certain type or whatever in our mind. And, you know, you wouldn't fit that bill. It's not what you see in the movies. You know, you're like you said, your typical, you know, middle class American family, your home with your three kids, your husband's a physician. So as we know, unfortunately, this can happen to anyone. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think that um, there's just, um, unfortunately, so much stigma surrounding uh, people who suffer from addiction as well as their families. Um, Like you said, I think people have a um, certain image. I mean, thanks to music, movies, TV, um, that sort of thing, people have a, you know, an image or a picture already provided for them in their head um, for, um, people who, um, are, are suffering this, you know, from this disease, um, which was part of the reason why I wrote the book, because, um, I thought if people got to know me, got to know my family, got to know my daughter in particular, uh, I could help beat down some of that stigma that, um, people have and, and promote a little bit of, um, tolerance and understanding and compassion that may not have, um, naturally been there. Yeah. And so I, I do, I, 
appreciate and applaud you for writing it, um, you know, for those very reasons. One question that I had, and I might be jumping ahead, um, I want to get to some backstory a little bit, but how did, how does Natalie feel about the book? Oh, um, I would have never written it if Natalie wasn't of course. Um, in support of the book, but she's my biggest cheerleader. Um, the book is mostly written by me, but in between my chapters, Natalie offered poetry, mm -hmm. original poetry from herself, written by her, that um, to give the readers a little bit of uh, a view from where she stood. So um, she's definitely supportive of the book, and I'm I'm grateful for that. Yeah, that's great. And I think it was, it's pretty amazing that's something you two could do together, you know, even, you know, through all this that you could, you could both play a part in it. So she was 15 when this started or when you realized? When I realized. Okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, definitely a, uh, uh, a, you know, sobering, um, you know, punch in the stomach kind of moment, but, um, it didn't start when she was 15. Unfortunately, Natalie did what, um, she started when, uh, is kind of typical for, uh, people who fall into alcoholism or addiction start, which, um, was surprising to me and, um, tends to be a little surprising to a lot of people. Uh, she, uh, started, uh, taking pills from her, uh, grandfather, my father's uh, medicine cabinet at uh, maybe like 12, 13. And um, I embarrassingly, embarrassingly did not know that, did not pick up on that. My father had passed away. So the pills were there and they were left unattended. Nobody was counting them. And um, Natalie had discovered them. And uh, so she uh, was doing that for a while. And then she just moved on to um, other types of pills, other substances until she was 15, um, where she was addicted to heroin. And I don't think you would need to be embarrassed by that. You know, like you said, because it's like, well, why would you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know that's something obviously now looking back, you're probably like, oh, I, you know, I wish I would have counted those pills. But I, as you were saying that I was just thinking, you know, about myself. And I think, you know, most parents, either we just you know, you don't think you have to worry about that. You know, you're trusting, naive, whatever the word is that fits. But I'm thinking, I gosh, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't probably check those or count those unless you, you know, really had some big reason to do that. So I think that's something that, you know, um, would be very typical, you know, not to do or not to check. And then that's something you're probably going to say, you know what, never say never. And you should always check those things. Right. Yeah. I mean, definitely never say never. I, I didn't, um, when she, um, when I asked her how all of it started and she was honest with me and told me that that was how it all started. I, I certainly didn't see that answer coming. Yeah. And was she just, um, taking those pills, you know, from your father's, um, supply, was that just for herself? Was she sharing those with friends? Just for herself, yeah. uh, just, just for herself. I think that she, um, she, uh, Natalie um, always, you know, suffered a little bit from some anxieties and mm -hmm. some depressions and some bullying and uh, not fitting in quite at school. And I always tell people, you know, drugs and alcohol do great advertisements for themselves. They're out there promoting themselves again through music movies and um 
uh, television shows as fixers, mm-hmm. as helpers, as things that will support you and make you feel better or different. And I think that she definitely paid attention to those images and that message. And I think that um, if you uh, couple that with just a natural kind of curiosity and thinking, looking at these pills, thinking, you know, well, maybe this will be the thing that will make me feel a little less hurt or a little less upset or a little less anxious or a little less unhappy, you know, why not take one? And I think that's where a lot of it started. Yeah, that's, that's really good insight. And, and yeah, that's like you said, it is, even though the, you know, kids are taught, you know, the dangers and they see the negative side. And, you know, I think, you know, in schools and and there's all kinds of programs to combat that it's still out there, like you said, in the media and things like that. And I like how you described it as, as like a fix, you know, even if it's just a quick temporary fix for something that you're going through, you know, and, and kids don't see the look down the road long-term. It's just the here and now uh, most of the time. So, you know, she wouldn't have been thinking, well, this could be bad later. It's just like, well, I'm going to feel better for this moment. Right. I mean, for sure. I mean, nobody at that age, you know, that I've ever met thinks ahead. So, you know, she definitely wasn't, she wasn't going to think ahead that this could lead her to something worse or to get her in any sort of um, trouble or any sort of danger. Uh, also, I, you know, I always say to people, you know, the message that um, is, is just generally out there that these kids are being inundated by, I think is a lot of, there's so much education out there, anti-drug education out there, but it's not, you know, we have to be bigger and louder. And um, sometimes I think we're not, I think sometimes we're a little more, I mean, I was anyway. I mean, it's not like I didn't ever s- sort of mention drugs or alcohol and their dangers and how to be careful of those kinds of things. But I probably wrongly felt like I think a lot of people feel I didn't want to overdo it. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I mean, it's it's like, well, if I'm mentioning drugs and alcohol and how not to stay, how to, how to not go near them, am I somehow indirectly um, introducing those to her life and um, making her like think about things that she wouldn't you know normally think about. So I worried about that so I was a little bit softer than I should have been and um, also as far as education goes, I always like to tell the story because I think that it's a a real important thing to note. Um, I think that Natalie was a, she, she sat in the, the education courses with, you know, her peers in schools and auditoriums. And she said to me one time, you know, mom, they spend so much time and they, they tell you, and it's right that they tell you to stay away, stay away, stay away, you know, say no, say no, say no. She said, you know, one thing they kind of don't say is they don't tell you what to do if you've already gone there. Oh, that's and really, really interesting I, point. Yeah. I thought, my gosh, you know, there she is, this, you know, as I see it, a little girl sitting there taking this all in. 
and feeling very much alone and feeling very isolated thinking, but it's too late for me. What do I do? And we weren't offer any, any of those skills in the education as to how to turn it around if you've already been there. That's a really great point and something I hadn't I hadn't thought of, right? Because everything is stay away, don't do this, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is great. But right, I can just picture her sitting. I'm I'm having this picture of her sitting in, in these bleachers, you know, and just like feeling like you just said, like, well, this is all great, but this doesn't apply to me and it's too late. So what's the point? You know, I'll just kind of keep going on the path I'm going because I don't know what to do. For sure. For sure. Yeah, that's a great point. And I've had, um, to your point earlier, that you said, I have had some parents, you know, say that to me, even just some friends, like, um, you know, I don't really want to talk about these issues, drugs or whatever the issues are, because too much, like you said, because I don't want it to seem, you know, like sometimes with certain kids, it's like, well, you know, I want to try that because, you know, you're telling me so much not to do it. So there must be something good about it. You know, so it depends on how your kid is wired, you know. So um, I have had um, parents mention that to me. And and so that's a that's a great point. Like, yeah, you're worried that, well, what is how much is too much? What do we say? And and again, there isn't of as unfortunately, if there were, we wouldn't have this problem. And um, you know, there isn't just a one answer or one size fits all, and it depends on your child. And you probably would say maybe that even with your three, each you'd handle it differently with each one. Oh, definitely. Um, de- you know, definitely, you you try to um, give them in small doses what you feel that they can. Uh, take what what you feel that they can they can accept and handle and understand. I think probably in retrospect, I I definitely underestimated um, Natalie as far as I mean. I obviously I underestimated her because I didn't know that she was involved in all of this, and mm-hmm. I underestimated her knowledge. And um, I I should not have. I should have you know mm-hmm. gone all in, just you know like I should have. I receive the most compliments on my outfits when I'm wearing something from Shell Bell Boutique. Shop Shell Bell and you're supporting a locally and female owned business. Shell Bell opened in September of 2020 and they carry many popular brands such as Fate, Vintage Havana, Vegan Warehouse, Can Can, Mono B, Nikki Bicky, and Aloha. The boutique also includes SB Girl, Fashions and accessories for girls, sizes 6 to 14. Shell Bell is located at 334 East Garfield Road in Aurora, Ohio. If you're not local, you can shop shellbell.com. That's S-C-H-E-L-L-B-E-L-L.com. New styles are arriving daily, and you can check out Shell Bell on Facebook and Instagram and contact the boutique to book your private after-hours sip and shop. That's shellbell.com, 330 330- Nine five four eight four zero zero. So when did you find out, you know, you, you, in your book, it's like, it goes through, you're very personal and, and, and let readers really share your, your mental and emotional turmoil. And it's crazy just to, to read, like, you know, you're like stepping over syringes. Like you said, you know, using Narcan, chasing away a drug dealer. It's like, it's like a movie. It's like a lifetime movie. Right. Um, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is just, you know, and as a parent, I'm thinking, wow, you know, just to go through this, I don't know how you, 
how you made it through even, you know, but then also, you know, the poems and the reflections, like you mentioned earlier, is just beautiful. So how did you, how did you realize, how did you find out, okay, this is happening? Worst way possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, just a regular school day, had um, just seen Natalie off and the school called, the high school called and said, um, you know, you need to come. And, you know, I first looked at the number on my phone and I'm thinking, well, you know, uh, I had never been summoned to the school office for anything, let alone anything bad. I mean, it was always, you know, about cupcakes or, you know, balloons <laughs> or something. So I was, um, okay. Uh, and then I, you know, I, I answered it and it was the school secretary and, you know, tone was different and she was very serious. And she said, you, know, you need to come to the school immediately uh, Natalie's in trouble. And then she, you know, uh, repeated and said significant trouble. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, my gosh, what does that even, you know, what does that even mean? And I pressed her a couple of times and she didn't want to give me any information over the phone, but I pressed enough and she said, uh, it involves substances. And it took me even a, a minute to process what substances was. Yeah, you're like, what does that mean? (laughs) I was like, what, what, what's a substance? What does that even, what does that even mean? Uh, but then I, I got it obviously. And and I called my husband and I said, we need to go to the school. I said, there's, you know, she's in trouble and it's, it's big. So I went and, um, you know, I mean, just like I said, the worst case scenario, I mean, there she is, um, sitting in the school office surrounded by school administration and three police officers. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there had been, they caught her with heroin in her backpack. And, uh, so it was, you know, not only, you know, didn't stop at the small contained school world, it had gone into the actual world world. Yeah. You're like, where is she getting this? What's happening? What, you know? Yeah. Right. And, you know, and the police were involved. So it turned into a whole nother, uh, whole nother situation. And, um, that was, that was my first, you know, real you know, kind of eye-opening thing. I always like to say, though, you know, don't don't underestimate me because I, you know, I, I, my eyes were wide open, and then the first thing I did is like, you know, immediately shut them and go into denial, mm-hmm. which I'm not proud of, but it was just so much for me to process and so much for me to believe. Wow! And how did she react? I'm wondering. Was she? Did she just? Was she trying to say, you know, some kids say, no, it's, this is the first time, this isn't mine. Or was she like, did she own it? All of the above. She did not own it. All of the above. It was somebody else's. It was the first time. I didn't understand. This was not a big deal. Calm down. Uh, All of that. And um, I wanted to believe all of that. I certainly wanted to calm down. I certainly didn't want to believe it was, Mm -hmm. you know, her first time. I didn't, I wanted to believe that. Uh, she wasn't, you know, completely deep in that world. Um, I, I went with that for a while uh, because I, I wanted to, you know, you only see of what course, you, yeah. you want to see and you want to believe and went into um, damage control, reputation control, went mm-hmm. into the whole, you know, uh, well, you know, we're going to take care of this, but we're going to take care of this softly, gently, and most of all, very, very, very quietly, because I certainly knew how people talked about children who were um, mm-hmm. involved with substances. I certainly knew how people talked about uh, families that they came from. 
Right. So, how, can they, how stupid can you be? I can't believe they wouldn't know and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I'm proud that I never took part in that, but yeah. I certainly heard it. And I thought, well, they're not going to talk about me or my daughter that way. So real nice and quiet. Let's just sweep this up, you know, mm-hmm. put it under the carpet forever. And we obviously didn't have that. You know, we didn't have that ability. We didn't have that luxury. It didn't, you know, obvi- it, it, it got worse. And um, what I, what she said was the truth wasn't the truth. And what I thought was the truth, you know, I believed wasn't the truth. She was in very, very deep and um, took me a while to, to face that. But, you know, eventually you're, you know, you tell yourself the truth and you, um, and you deal with, you deal with that. And so I know we don't have time to go through everything and I do want people to read your book too. But so obviously, like you said, it was not what she said and she was in deep at that point. Um, And so did she, you know, you had to go through, you know, I know she had rehab, relapse. So how many like years now was this, did this kind of all, you know, consume? It consumed a lot of years. I mean, she um, is 24 now. Mm-hmm. And she has been, um, gratefully, she's been clean for over two years. That's great. But from, you know, 15 to, um, you know, 21, you know, and it sounds like a, like a, it, it's a nightmarishly long time, but long. it's two steps forward, one step back, mm-hmm. you know, three steps forward, two steps back, you know, you're, you're entertained by, you're busy with, you know, outpatient treatments, inpatient treatments, programs, psychiatrists, psychologists, medical doctors, uh, therapists, um, you name it. And uh, we kind of did it. And um, you just kind of do it in a loop. You just go around and around and around frantically trying to find the thing that sticks. And it just, I'm, I'm, positive it just consumed your life for all those years and and even still you know I'm sure you still worry you know like is she even though she sounds like she's doing fantastic but you know I'm sure you'll always have that you know maybe hopefully not for your sake but you know in the back of your mind and so I'm wondering how you're able to parent I think it would be really hard to you know you have you had two sons and so this would be normally, or of course, this would consume your world, of course. Um, so how did that affect them? Do you think, do you think? Well, it definitely, um, it's true what they say about addiction being a family disease. Mm -hmm. It definitely is. It affected all of us greatly. Um, to your point that, um, it's consuming, it's, uh, you just, you're so focused on it. It's your bigger problem. Um, my father used to always say, you know, when you have more than one child, you go to the one who needs you. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we did. Uh, we focused on Natalie and it was kind of like, you know, well, uh, as soon as we fix this, then we'll have some happy holidays and good Christmases mm. and all that. And it, okay, well, as soon as we fix this, then we'll start going on vacation again. As soon as we fix this, we'll go out to dinner again before we do. As soon as we fix this, we'll be happy again. And then you kind of realize that you can't live like that. Um, you're consumed by it and that's fine, but you have to live another, you know, uh, the, the rest of your life as well. And that's kind of how I felt with the boys because I felt, um, particularly my younger, uh, Natalie's older brother, Jason, I don't think, you know, he suffered his own sort of um, 
he suffered on his own with this, you know, in his own way, um, mm. because, you know, he felt he was older and he felt he should have known and he kind of oh. had an inkling as to what was going on. So he had his issues of guilt. Um, my husband had his issues of guilt because he's working and he's thinking, well, I wasn't there enough and mm. then I'm having mine while I was there and I did the job poorly. So I'm the guilty one. And then the younger one just really kind of got lost in it all. And I, I always felt bad because he got a little bit of less of everything because we were doing mm-hmm. so much of this of as of his childhood. But um, I think we, uh, you know, we came through it okay, but was it at the expense of all of us? For sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I, it's just from the, listening to you and speaking with you now, it sounds like it's probably like the other ones, like you're saying, I'm guilty for this. I feel bad. And did he lose this and did he lose on that? You know, yeah, I'm sure some, but I, it's probably not as much as you think, you know what I mean? And I think they're probably happy now that she's doing so well and you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, you can't, you can't. I hope so. Yes. Yes. So I have a question for you and I want, I would love, I just want parents to listen to the, your answer. So as a 15 year old, how easy was it for her to get her hands on heroin? So easy. Um, I, again, not, being in that world, not being very savvy, not being very educated. I, um, I remember one time when we were in the middle of it all and she was a little bit, um, in a cleans patch, we were pulling out of the driveway and I mean, it's driveway of a suburban middle-class home. I was just going to say, and you can picture, you know, I can picture your neighborhood. It's not, again, it's not like she's, you know, on the mean streets of, you know, Exactly. Uh, exactly. And I said to her, you know, Natalie, I, I just don't understand. Where do you get it? Where in the world do you, do you find it? Do you get it? You don't I mean she didn't, she didn't drive. And I said, and she, I said, if we had to get it right now, what would we do? Where would we go? And she looked at me and said, well, would you want to walk or would you want to drive? <laughs> and the fact that we could walk there and it was that close. And another time we were driving in the car and she kind of looked out the window and it's just, you know, in my community. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, well, right. I I hate driving by that house because in there, there's a man who, where we got uh, all of our stuff from. And it just looked like a house to me. I was just going to say, this didn't look like some drug house, quote unquote, you know, what you would think. Exactly. It was not the movie scene drug house. It yeah. was just a house in my community. And um, wow. it's it's cheap and uh, it's accessible. And um, she said there's just always a way to go about getting it. It's very scary. Um, but I do think, you know, it is easy for parents myself included, you know, that, that doesn't happen where I live. That doesn't happen here. Or, you know, maybe there's one person or, you know, something like that, or it would be so hard to get and all these kind of things we like to tell ourselves, but that's just not the case. Right. All the lies we tell ourselves, <laughs> but yeah, uh, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what, um, I want to ask for you. So you're going through all of this, you know, and how were your friendships? Did you have friends that kind of really stepped up to the plate and and helped? And did you have some friends that just maybe they judged you and so they fell by the wayside? And maybe some friends just didn't know what to do or, or how to handle it. 
all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I had friends who just kind of instinctively knew, you know, um, what I needed was that how's Natalie? Mm-hmm. Don't not mention her um, because you think it hurts me because it hurts me oh. when you don't mention, it hurts me more when you don't mention her. They knew how to ask. They knew how to sit with me, have a cup of tea, talk about it when I wanted to talk about it, talk about the weather when I couldn't talk about it. Um, they listened. I had others who definitely judged her, judged me, judged us and, and moved away. And then I had others who, um, you know, which, which was kind of hard. They were well-meaning because they read an article and they <laughs> assumed that I hadn't read that article. So they thought they would just give oh, me. like you didn't know what to do. And so they right, were going to help so I'll, you. Give, I'll give you the, you know, I, I, I read this article and here I cut out the um, one through five <laughs> checklist about what you're supposed to do. And okay, thank you very oh much. Oh my gosh, if only you'd had that sooner. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. If I, I would have only, I would have only known. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, all of the above. So, I mean, but they were well-meaning too. Yeah. And my, yes, you know, yes. My, my true friends, you know, really shine through. And yeah, that's good. And the ones who judge, well, they were going to judge something anyway. So you're right. That's okay. You're so right about that. Whatever it could, whatever it was it, that was going to happen. Yeah, that's, you're right. Now, how, what advice would you have then for parents? Like, just like, the, I know we've talked about, you know, never say never, but anything else? Well, I, you know, I try to stay away from advice, but if I were to give advice, it would be all about education Mm -hmm. because I was in the dark. I didn't know. I didn't know what to look for, listen for. Uh, I didn't know what, you know, I was smelling for. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know any of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, just, I, I always say I didn't see it coming. Well, if you can see it coming a little bit, it really helps you to be a little more on top of it than I was. So some of my advice is basically don't be me. Don't be in the dark to first of all, start off and then don't go for, you know, don't run to denial and grab onto it for all, you know, it's worth face it because the quicker you face it, the quicker you run out and accept the help that's out there. And there's lots and lots of help out there. It's not a one size fits all kind of thing. Um, try and try again because um, they kind of benefit and you kind of benefit from everything. Uh, So I would educate yourself and God forbid it happens to you. Mm -hmm. Try and try again. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. And what are some things that you think you missed? And again, this isn't judgmental because everyone listening would probably say, I would have missed those too. I I wouldn't be, uh, you know, on the lookout or I think that wouldn't happen to my kids. So, and obviously there's, you know, looking back doesn't help you as far as, but it, you know, for others, what are some things that maybe you're, cause every time you look back on situations like, oh yeah, you know, I guess, you know, had I been really looking, which you didn't have a reason to do. So, um, you wouldn't have, but what are some things you think you may have missed? Well, I always say to people, you know, uh, through all of this, and Natalie was as deep as you can be. I mean, mm. Natalie, like, never looked like a drug addict to me. Mm. You know, first of all, don't expect your child to look like a drug addict to you because I don't know that they ever do. 
Um, they may look, you know, like your child who has bloodshot eyes uh, and looks like they're having a little bit of a sleepy day. And they may look like, you know, is, is all the secretiveness just growing up and be, is that all independence? Um, are those, um, you know, so I, I, those are the things, I mean, you know, you know, that's sour smells and chemically smells and burnt clothes and lighters and spoons and, um, hidden things. Uh, those are the things that, that I missed. I, I think I chalked so much of it up um, moodiness, um, mm-hmm. irritability. Yeah, you're like, well, she's a teenage girl. And so she can say, oh, I was up late studying. Yes. I'm just tired. I'm, she's moody. You're like, ah, that's normal. For sure. In every sign that I could ever name, there could be a very plausible, possible, acceptable other excuse for. Right. So- it doesn't mean if you, if someone's listening going, oh, that sounds like, it doesn't mean they're on heroin either, but like you said, but I mean, just, you never know. So just explore some of those things or see if there are other signs, you know, other, other than that. So she was still basically like put together, you know, still dressed and and kind of a put together pretty much. Reasonably. Yeah. I mean, reasonably, I mean, as, as it progressed, you know, she was obviously less put together and less functional, but, you know, I always say, and, and, you know, some people disagree with this, but I think I would have been better. I mean, snoop. Yeah. I mean, you know, go ahead and snoop, look around. And, you know, I mean, the day I found, you know, a couple pills in a Hello Kitty uh, change purse was sort of, you know, a day that, you know, I'll never forget. So you definitely want to um, take a look around in, in all ways that you can. That's that, that's great advice. You say you're not one for advice, but I think you are the perfect one um, to give advice and you gave great advice. How are you now? I know Natalie, you said she's been sober for two years, which is amazing. How is she doing now, you know, in other areas of her life and how are, how are you doing? You know, we're doing okay. I mean, like I like to tell people we are works in progress, like mm-hmm. all of us are, mm-hmm. and um, we're making baby steps. We're taking those baby steps back to complete health. She's going to school. She's, you know, um, she's up and, you know, we'll, we'll take it. And I am learning to live again a little bit and she's learning to function again a little bit. So, uh, uh, you know, we have been in, um, a lot worse places, so we are grateful and, um, you know, too blessed not to give back. So that's why I, um, you know, why I do what I do and why I wrote the book and why, uh, the majority of the post, uh, the proceeds from the book are going to go back into healthcare um, causes because um, mental health and addiction, because uh, we've been where we've been, but we're grateful to be where we're at. So that's so great. That's so great. So how can um, people connect with you? How can they find the book about Natalie? They can find the book uh, anywhere books are sold. Uh, Amazon is probably the best place at this point and they can find me at christinenaman.com and i promise if they reach out i will reach back thank you so much and and i i hope that if anyone listening you know has questions or maybe you know suspect something or anything do reach out to her and yes find and get the book and it's called about natalie thank you so much christine for being here and for being willing to share your story thank you so much Thank you for having me. 
This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. And also Shell Bell Boutique, featuring today's fashions and accessories for women and girls. Visit ShellBell.com for more information. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at NortheastOhioParent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at NortheastOhioParent.com.